0: Matt North. I'm joined by my co-host, Peter Hamilton, also known as The Florist. How are you, Hamo? Oh,
1: great, man. We should stop introducing you. Why do they call you The
0: Florist? Why do you? Call, why do they call you The Florist? Um, you're probably best to answer that. They, we call him The Florist um, because he makes his own arrangements. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll organise stuff. And first, thing, I'm, I'm more excited about... Pete actually being here and turning <laughs> up for the interview. Then I got a call midweek, and he's like, "Tell me you're not going to miss
1: this flight." I'm like, "No, mate, I'm fine. I'm fine." Yeah, <laughs> it's going to happen. Yeah,
0: so we we you know we, we make a lot of plans around Hamo, and sometimes he doesn't play yeah. a, yeah. a little
1: bit of that running mess that you spoke about in the mm. the series of yeah, that, that's a little bit of me. Yeah.
0: So uh, our special guest Julian Spence, thanks for uh, joining us. Thanks for making the trip down. Yeah, and thanks for putting us up. Total strangers. It could have got real weird, but we, we seem to be we seem Still to be, can, <laughs> be, yeah, It's early. It's early. But uh, we seem to be getting along all right. Yeah. No, yeah,
2: thanks for um, sharing us dinner at the pub. At the gastro pub. Yeah, mind yeah. you. Yeah. It's
0: lovely. It's really good. It's am uh, pretty happy that they had filter on tap there. Oh and yeah. that worked out well. Last better filtered. Yeah. That was good. I enjoyed mine. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. so they they do a good beer. We should thank our partners: uh, Filter Brewing, Goo Energy, Guy Me Allied Health, and Swimguard Pool Fence Certification. <laughs> 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 Mate, you've always get, any opportunity, any opportunity, you gotta.
1: So, what do Sorry, just on that, what does Swimguard contribute to the show?
0: I, I'm just basically looking for opportunities to to brand my business. Labor. Labor. Yeah. That's right. Oh, fantastic. It, it allows me time to make podcasts. <laughs> yeah, true.
2: Yes,
0: yeah. that's, that's it. So uh, before we get into it, the Moose, how'd you get that nickname? Well,
2: you know, we're not going um, <laughs> to go back that far because it comes from a golf trip and you know what happens on golf trips. Stays on golf trips. Yeah. That's right, Peter. <laughs> that's right. So, you yeah, know, nah, we eventually maybe one day I'll tell, I think... Bree might know, but um, it's just a funny story that is pretty uh, not appropriate for, for podcasts, even though yours is quite loose. Yeah, well, should we go ahead? kick
0: nah, going? Nah, I yeah. think
2: if your future wife doesn't know, then you probably should.
1: We <laughs> yeah. should not be the first to oh, find yeah. out.
2: Okay. <laughs> no, nah, look, I'll save it. I'm not going to tell it.
0: No. Maybe next time we're down?
2: Maybe next, yeah, <laughs> yeah. maybe... If I haven't said it on my own podcast, I'm not gonna. I can't say it on another. Okay. Because their boys have been pushing me for. That's that a teaser. No, that's it. We'll just go. I've been pushed a while, and I'm still like in a new town, here three years. I don't think anyone knows the story yet, so
0: we'll keep it. Safe. So, so we we've, we've still got a few more drinks before the interview's over. Is there yeah, a chance we might crack it before the end? No, oh, it's a pretty good story. <laughs> 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 well, let's wait. Well, let's wait and see.
3: All <laughs> right.
2: So, we, we
1: obviously those that listen to Inside Running Podcast which I think is most of us you're one of the hosts of that that great podcast um but in your own right you're a uh, 214.42 to be exact marathoner uh, which was set at your most recent marathon Lake Dewar and for those trial runner types of ours that's an average pace of 3.10 for 42k which is crazy fast we we know that um Have you had a chance to reflect on that and appreciate how significant this time is, considering that you've mentioned previously on podcasts that 2.20 was a career goal. Mm. We've spoken earlier that, you know, how on earth does someone who, you know, debuted at 3.10?
2: 3.04. 3.04?
3: Yeah.
1: Who says a career goal is 2.20, you've now run 2.14? Mm -hmm. How, what's that feel like?
2: Look, it's a really anti feeling and it's very disappointing and I, like even I sit here now and think I'm, I'm disappointed that I can't um, feel the joy that I thought that I would for <laughs> achieving that time because at the time, to- like if we take little chunks out of our um, PB and everything becomes a little bit more realistic and, and achievable, when we achieve it we just start looking to the next, mm. the next goal, and the next. Uh, what, what are we going to be happy with next? And it's a little bit greedy, maybe, mm-hmm. but like I, I run the time, and I think, well, I've done that, and I don't feel like anything I do is exceptional. So it shouldn't. I, I shouldn't treat this as a monumentous um, achievement because nothing I did was outside the box. I just did everything. Um, that I planned and it happened. So to me, it's not like this, this is an amazing time. It's an amazing, I know it's a good time in running, right? Yeah. But I run weekly with a guy who's, who's run six minutes faster. So, and, and I run multiple times a week with a guy who's, who's run like twenty-seven thirty for 10 K. So, and who, who could quite possibly run, under 210 for the marathon so it's all relative you Absolutely, know and yeah. now i have more like if i like i think that if i ran this time and i was living in geelong where there's no one around who's done that before maybe lee true but he lives in boulder in america now yeah then it would be a little bit more like wow wow that was really great yeah. like you're a you're a star only guy on the town yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah whereas yeah. down here it's like oh you've run 214 Forty-two. Oh, mon- what did Moner run? He ran
3: six <laughs> minutes. To- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: And I got Shane and Curvis who ran two twelve. He's run two over two and a half minutes quicker than me. Yeah. So the, the, it's all relative. Yeah, no. you don't get you
1: yeah, do uh, come out of the pot. No, it's, it's human
0: nature, isn't it? Like you, you just you get bigger and better. Like as soon as you achieve mm. your goal, right? What's next? Mm. You know. And I don't know if it's greedy. I think it's just human nature that go. All right, what, what can I do next? You know. Mm.
1: Do you get a little pocket though to self reflect? Even if you take that out of it and think, "Wow, like just myself within myself," I didn't picture a you know a kid who did a marathon as a preseason training for for yeah. forty, and you know kicked around in the two fifties and two forties, and like at what point just say, "Actually, that's that's achievable. I could do that." And then once you achieve that, do you do you get that moment at any stage?
2: I, <laughs> Yeah, I I haven't yet, yeah. and it's and again it disappoints me that I haven't yet because, um, back when I was running three hours and four minutes, this wouldn't never been a thing. Mm. Like I was running, I say my first marathon, three hours four minutes. I think I came fourth at Portland Three Bays Marathon, and I thought, geez, these blokes bragging break three hours, they are the real deal, mm. and then. I ran Gradation Road Marathon and I went through the marathon in 2 hours 46 and thought, I'm a big deal. I just beat everyone's time that I've ever known. I don't know anyone who's run faster than 2.46 before. Mm. And then is the further you get into the running scene, the further you realise that the, the ceiling gets much higher than you think <laughs> <Absolutely>. it is. Absolutely, <laughs> and quickly. and Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so... Um, when I broke to 20 for the first time, I thought, okay, I, I'm, I'm good now. Like, I'm done. I'm, I'm, like, that's, that's my lifelong goal, basically. Yeah. But then you have a little bit of time off and you start training again and you start to think, yeah, oh, I negative split that by a pretty big am- amount. Mm-hmm. I reckon I could... Uh, <laughs> I reckon there's probably some time left there. Yeah. And then because your training program went so well... All of a sudden, when you start your next training program, you're a little bit fitter, Mm -hmm. and so the paces that you set out to Mm -hmm. as your goal pace in those what you apply to your sessions, they start to feel a bit easier. And then all of a sudden, it's like, well, 218 is not really my goal anymore. Like that, that would be a bad result at my next race. Mm -hmm. And so you forget about celebrating 218 pretty quickly when you think about what a, a realistic goal would be, which for me at the time it was like two seventeen or two sixteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it, I just turned my attention pretty quickly, I yeah. guess. And and further to that, like, where do you
1: start to where do you start to dream about or or entertain the thought realistically of of starting to make a team? Of starting to say, well, I'm good now, I'm gonna win most marathons I turn yeah. up to. I can I can bully boy the Great Ocean Ocean Road and I can I can celebrate my local or I can go to Melbourne and feel pretty confident. At what point do you start thinking I could I could make an Australian team? Yeah,
2: when in London, I think it was uh, 2017 world champs, there was Jack Cole Brad Milosevic and Josh Harris. And so though Josh Harris and Cole Reeve, I think Harris ran two set two seventeen. Josh Cole Reeve ran maybe 218 and those guys made the world champs team and I had run faster than oh, around the same time as Cole Revy maybe mm-hmm. and um, I'm thinking oh wow that's, that's in the ballpark and that was a very odd year that that happened like we had pretty poor obviously a poor marathon year yeah. but that started to I started to think oh you could get really lucky like those guys and get on a team Mm-hmm. um and so then I that 218 qualif- like I got to go through this whole like fun process of applying for the Commonwealth Games because my time was under even though I knew like there were six guys in front of me still putting the form in exactly I'm, I'm putting the form in <laughs> yeah. it was free why not yeah, yeah. and you get a cool email back saying you've been rejected <laughs> <It's David. laughs> exactly I'll say this thing I'll print this up this is like the highlight I'll show the kids yeah, yeah. Um, so you get to you get to kind of play with it there but you don't really think it'll happen and then you work out for me anyway oh the next world champs are in Doha like in the desert it's going to be hot it's the year before the Olympics in the Olympic qualifying period this is a this is a championships that not a lot of people will really seek out and want to run so, I thought, oh, this could be one of those years. And, and then, to so I ran 216.38, I think, or something like that, at Berlin the year after the 218. And that, at the time, I thought was the qualifying, but they changed the standard. So, when I ran that 216, I thought, oh, you beauty, this is looking good. And then they changed the standard to 216 flat. And I thought, oh, that's harsh.
3: Like, <laughs> <laughs> but...
2: I don't really care because it's never been a goal. Like, this is just all fun stage still. Yeah. And, and so, like, at the moment, like, that last year, I was the second fastest Australian for the year. That's when I start to think, okay, like, we're not strong at the moment. So a, a medium-level marathoner will potentially make a team. <laughs> medium-level. Yeah, yeah, well, medium-level compared to, yeah. at the moment, we had, like, we have Michael Shelley, who's run 211, Lee Adams, 2.12. Chris Hamer, 2.13. Um, we've got Tom McKenna. He's run 2.14 before. So there's guys out there that have run faster, but things may, might not be lining up for them at the moment. Yeah. yeah. So you've got to be realistic. Like When you look at it, it's nice to like have these romantic notions. Oh, I'll make this team and like my 2.14 will get me there. But really, you've got to look on paper who's where mm. and how many are left to run. Yeah. And how's their fitness going? And are they going to pick to run? And what happens if they run this? How's that going to affect their chances at the Olympics or making the Olympics? And so it's really like working out whether they'll run or not. So
0: what's more important to you, making World Cross or making the Olympics?
2: World Cross or World um, Champs? World Champs. World Champs. So World Champs is more important because it's more likely. And I've put that's what... At the moment, Olympics is, to me, is very low chance. Like, I cannot see a way that I can make the Olympics. Yeah. And at the moment, world champs, I can see a way. But I've done everything that I can now. So I just wait and see if anyone else will run faster than me.
0: Yeah. yeah. So no point stressing about things you can't control. You just... Yeah, I
2: just watch a race. like, apparently, look, I don't <laughs> I don't know, but I think DJ Ngebra Slassie ran Rotterdam and he pulled out halfway. So there's one guy that could have ran faster than me that hasn't. Yeah. So now I feel a little bit safer. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, and another, then we're just gonna tick off. Yeah, so until June 9 we'll just tick off marathons where people um will have a crack at it and if they get it then they've earned it and congrats. And if they haven't then I'm still there. I'm still in the ballpark. Yeah, that's good. And if you don't make wells you can always run six foot.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure.
2: There's some trail
3: race out there yeah. that I can get my
2: um, confidence back. <laughs> 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 Which ties us in beautiful to trail.
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right.
1: Exactly. So where where we first where I first heard about you was you did the JOW, um, basically, and and that was uh, was 2011, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, really. only only just come back from the states. Yeah. Um, it seems to me, um, from a trial perspective, like between that and Bogan to Hotham, you set the race record there a couple of years ago. What is it that excites your attention about these particular trial races within the whole gamut of, of, of the runs that are available to you? And, and obviously now they're on the back burner because you're chasing far bigger goals. But what excites you about those particular ones that get you there, sink your teeth into? Because by all accounts, Bogan to Hotham became a little bit of an obsession for you when yeah. you really got you know you studied course profiles and you got right into that and that was obviously the time when you weren't chasing world champs or olympic qualifier what what struck your your attention
2: about that well Bogong to hotham is prestigious Mm -hmm. so it might not get a lot of entrance every year but it's always one that people look across at and go hey there's some good runners that have gone for this race and it's been really difficult for them they've found it hard Mm -hmm. and there's been a record there from um, Andy Cromer who was standing for a long time 22 years or something (coughs) it was a long time yeah and I know that a lot of guys have had a crack at it so when I kind of it's I love these long standing records and I like that's something that got me interested in that race like I thought oh I'd love to have a crack at that (coughs) the um the race isn't long enough, where I need to, like, totally change my training. Yeah. So sixty-four k, like, tweak it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like we're looking at like six and a half to seven hours, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which is not twenty-four or something yeah, for yeah, yeah. A, a hundred miler or whatever. So I could continue along, continue training like normally or or similar to what I had been, and I don't know. It just seemed like. Everyone knew Bogong to Hotham. Everyone knew that race. And so when I wanted to, like, I wanted to have a crack at something really, like, put everything in, let's do it at the biggest one that I could think of. Iconic and... Yeah, yeah. and it's not even that, like, it's not even that big, but in my head (laughs) I just made it that big. Yeah. (laughs) It becomes, it becomes obsessive. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's not
3: that many people that
2: have done it. There's not many people that give a shit. No, No, I don't know. know, But it becomes this, like,
1: I don't care. I just, i I'm fixating. Yeah, this something. thing is the
2: biggest thing in Australia right now and that's what I want to do. Yeah. And really like there's bigger trail races like six foot and stuff out there. Mm. Um but at that time like that's I wanted to do that. And then I got intrigued by like these climbs are gonna be so hard. Mm. The first climb will go for over an hour and then the second climb will go for like forty minutes or something. Mm. This is different. Like yeah. how am I gonna handle that? And am I good at climbing? <laughs> I don't know. And does it matter? Yeah. Or can you make up the ground elsewhere? That's right. There was like this, and then there was okay, so I, I, like, I just planned this meticulously. I had a map out and I was looking at times and I'd written down like where I wanted to be at each time and what average pace that would be. And so I, I had kind of worked out, I thought I could run four minute Ks along the flats or the high plains. Yeah. yeah. And, That ended up being way off. Like, I was slower than that by quite a bit. But I climbed a lot faster than I thought I would. So, in the end, like, what I thought my weakness would be was actually one of my strengths on the day. Yeah. Um, And I remember quite clearly Blake Hose, who is a bit of a star in the trail world, and he'd had a crack at that record. He came second to. Stuart Gibson, Gibson? Yeah, yeah. the year before maybe or maybe two years before and he I said he was working in the store for me because we um, have our running store and Blake was an employee and as I left I said I think I can break the record and I, I think I can run four minute K's along the flats and he's like he's like mm. <laughs> <Pretty hard. laughs> we'll, see, we'll see yeah yeah we'll see. and have I weekend. looked at his face as I walked down and I thought oh okay <laughs> maybe I can't um But, yeah, that was – yeah, it it ended up being something, like, that I put a lot of effort into. And that was one of the – like, that's different from the marathon. Like, the way – when I finished that race, that was a climax. Yeah. I just, like, celebrated that. I felt like I couldn't have done anything better. I couldn't have gone faster. And that was totally different to how I finished the – the other races, it was a bit different. I was very emotional at the end of that race. Is it
1: so,
0: a
2: re- Yeah. Is, is it?
1: They-
0: is it because you? Is it because it's so much harder? Is it because that you you put more time and effort into the training? What do you think it was? It and and is it the hardest race that you've done?
2: Yeah, it's the hardest race I've done. Yeah, yeah. So that's look a, a flat hard marathon is always <laughs> up there with the hardest race you've ever done, but this one here draws on more emotions because it's longer yeah and you're introducing fatigue yeah. and fatigue starts to play with your mind a little more and it, it, it you call on different parts of you to get through so i think in a marathon when you're racing it all out you you don't go to the same places you do in an ultra mm-hmm. where in, in an ultra i think you get a little bit more You go into some more personal areas, maybe. Mm. You you drift in, you drift out. Yeah, you You spend more time thinking about things that maybe mean more to you. Mm. I definitely felt that in that ultra. And there was some times, like on that last climb up the spur, I'm like, this is a different place than Mm. I've been before. And that's why I was emotional at the end. Because I knew that, like... Although it was fast and everything, I wasn't, that was, I I was celebrating the ending mainly because I worked through, I was really proud of how I worked through how hard it got Yeah, rather than like how fast I did it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And do you think that also, I mean, the same lessons you learned from that, the same that you're part of the marathon, I suppose, that do you, do you enjoy that process part of the marathon, that planning phase, that what does my five by five K look like? What is my, you know? Six by two, do you enjoy that part of the process as much as the outcome? Are you one of those guys that falls into that category that just loves the planning, loves the execution of the plan, loves it all coming together as much as you do the actual
2: outcome? Yeah, well, it it should, like, a race should be, like, the cherry on top of a training program. I always Mm. think that the... (laughs) We don't have lucky races. Mm. We don't... um, Oh, you had a good day well done it's like no, I had a great sixteen weeks beforehand that yeah. gave me the best chance to have a good day yeah. and so i I do enjoy the process like i I like to tweak things and I think like my interest in is in the marathon, mm-hmm. so from a coaching perspective or like when I say coaching like I coach myself, so mm-hmm. I like to get deep into the yeah. um, maybe the philosophy or you work out the limitations of why you've been slower in the past and what can i do to um help me work through those limitations like have i been have my quads been beat at the end have i been feeling depleted at the end have i been really hot are my calves sore like what am i doing wrong in training or what can i do differently in training to change the um limitations like what why am i slowing down these are the reason i'm slowing down okay what can i do to avoid that and then i go and go back and we go okay well i want to do this differently i want to do that differently and then apply that in a training program and if you don't get injured it's it's good because um you can actually see how it all plays out yeah. and i just haven't been injured during those programs for like the last three months for yeah. the last um, three years sorry yeah. so you can see uh, injuries hurt a coach, and when I like, it's funny because I'm talking about a coach, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, and, and myself, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like, I can apply, I can experiment without the um, variable of injuries. Mm. Like, if you experiment with a certain training philosophy, and someone gets injured, well, yeah, it could be a result of the training philosophy, but it it does hurt the um, experiment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I, I was lucky enough to have three really good build-ups to a marathon, mm-hmm. um, and I got to experiment with what I felt worked for me and how do I change that. And I changed little things, but only small things, and um, worked out what worked. And it, to be honest, at the last, the last marathon, which was BY when I finished, I'm like. Oh, that was a great training program. <laughs> just, <laughs> that was just an execution. Of that it. Was a, yeah, 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 I'm like, gee, I did well, I'm a good coach. <laughs> yeah. God, I've got a good coach. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, why, you know, you, you coach yourself, you've got a lot of success, so why do, why do a lot of top runners need a coach? Like, They've obviously got the motivation and the ability and and they're progressing to to train themselves like you do. Why do you think so many people need a catch?
2: Yeah, well, they might not have an interest in learning about training philosophy or or learn... They might not have an interest in um, training at all. Like, they like to do training, but they don't care about why or how or when. So... They trust someone else with that stuff, whereas me, like, I think um, I like I I like learning about running just as much as I love running, Mm -hmm. and so part of like my love of running is being able to experiment. Whereas not everyone's like that. Yeah. Some people just love to run, and there are some very smart coaches out there that can take these beautiful, like, fantastic. Abilities and talents and apply their knowledge to it and apply their philosophy and it turns them into superstars um, and that particular runner might not ever care about why they do anything whereas I do Yeah. And, and and I like I don't I considered getting a coach like a year ago I said to the boys like the boys at the, on the podcast we have a mm. message group I said I think I'm going to get a coach I like this bloke and then within an hour I'm like Nah.
3: I'm gonna disagree with I'm just thinking,
2: if you told me to do that, what if I disagree? Like yeah. I don't think I would do that. I would think he, I, yeah. cage. I'm i t- I'm second guessing everything yeah, because yeah. I feel like I like in my mind I know exactly what I yeah, need. And that could be a really arrogant way of thinking, but I at the moment, like that's it. Works. That's it, it works for me at the moment, yeah.
1: And with that, just like your your training philosophy, what? And I know you've you've, you've harped on this about consistency and, mm. and the like. But what what are the the major pillars of your training philosophy?
2: Yeah, well, when I'll use the example of if someone comes to me like a new runner, and um, they say I would like to run a marathon in this particular time, or I want to run the fastest marathon I can in October, and we're talking about this in early start of the year well everything we do every month that i write every week and every session the the priority is that they can back up and train the next day or train the next week and it's just about accumulating training going forward so like consistency like we've talked about it it's it's quite a boring concept but that is the pillar the one pillar of my training philosophy so i want to be able to link together days weeks months and years of training because that's what creates a a good runner yeah
0: you mentioned tonight earlier and being patient you mentioned you know like and, and if you're talking about you know weeks months we're talking about a long time period which is, it requires patience and um and I guess, being patient and not pushing things prevents injury as well, mm. and that's an important part of the process, I guess. Uh, so, so also with, with your training philosophy as well, you talk about putting yourself in marathon conditions, so you get used to that. Uh, you know the suffering, I guess. Yeah. And, and you talk about uh, you know putting yourself in those conditions maybe once a week or maybe twice a week. What are that for you? What do those sessions look like? Yeah. Uh well that is
2: the specifics of the um the training and when i get to a like say we have a marathon and then we work backwards normally that's how i would structure a training program so we would look at a marathon and go okay well there's a little taper period and then there might be an eight week specific period of training where we enter marathon world (laughs) and and we start to um like you said it's we touch on what it's going to be like on the day. So we put someone in a Because the marathon's a little different to 10Ks and half marathons. Yeah. You have different, again, limitations on what's, like what slows you down. So a lot of it can be a mental fatigue. And so I want to get people comfortable with spending a lot of time being uncomfortable. Yeah, And so that's a really important... Like a lot of people can't step up because they're not comfortable for a long time yeah. at, out of their comfort zone. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a lot of comfort. absolutely. If that makes sense. Yeah. And so they, they, they can run really fast because it's over in a short period of time, but can they stress themselves for a good hour long period where it hurts and you really have to knuckle down? Yeah. And so I think mental train like there's obviously a physical element to that, mm-hmm. but there's also a mental element that maybe we don't train enough. Yeah. And, Putting someone in a hurt locker during training—it's a great, day. <laughs> yeah, it's a great day. and it's not like a hurt locker where like I want you on your back, spin nah. throwing up. It's, it's not like, like
1: it's like get your pillow, get in there and just yeah, exactly. Straight, straight, I, straight.
2: I need you to be able to grind, yeah, mm-hmm. and and I want you to practice working through like some mental um, hurt. Yeah, you,
0: and, you're practicing suffering.
2: Yeah, you are exactly, and you're getting. You're basically getting confidence from knowing that you can handle it. Normalizing it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So when it comes on, you don't get scared of it. Mm -hmm. You're like, okay, well, this is normal. I do this every Sunday. And I know it's not going to kill me. Mm -hmm. And I know that in 10 minutes, I might feel really good. Mm -hmm. Or in half an hour, I might feel shit. But then two minutes after that, I'm good again. So I I don't get anxious about it. And when a bad patch comes on, I don't stress out and freak out i just control it and i um i concentrate like i can practice all my mental cues i can practice what i want to think about during the race and and so i've had marathons that have felt easier than some of my training sessions in terms of that because there's so much more like during the marathon there's adrenaline there's people around There's great nutrition everywhere um, you've got the competitive element involved to take your mind off it distraction this crowd exactly so i run a marathon i'm like shit you know, the run i did 4 weeks ago was actually quite a bit more difficult
3: the back in nowhere yeah know, yeah yeah exactly
1: and and with with that philosophy is there is there a mentor is there one key influence is there someone that you would you would say i mean obviously it's a, it's an amalgam of all the coaches you've had and all the inputs you've had is there someone that you sort of say i think i think a lot of what i've what I've got and what I've learned is borrowed from that person, or like,
2: well, the there is a bit of a um, like a guru almost out there. So he's an Italian coach called Renato Canova. Mm-hmm. Now he's a he's actually more like he focuses more on the physical side of things. Like, um, so he structures these workouts around the physical benefits gained. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps there, are, like, he doesn't really talk about the mental stuff as much, but. Um, yeah, so he sort of developed this, I guess, this type of different sort of training. And then my last coach um, that I've had, Scott Nicholas, so he was uh, an American fella. He basically took me under my wing to a degree. Before he started coaching me, we would talk about coaching or, or training all the time. And he owned one of the... Yeah, he owned the running company in Geelong when oh, I worked there. Okay. And he was... Um, like he was, he's friends with Alberto Salazar and he's trained with the, um, the Nike farm team in um, Stanford. And, and so he, he's, he developed this philosophy over time from, from some pretty high-level coaches and, and, and being around good, like some really good runners. And, yeah. and so he, he kind of gave me the groundwork for what I built from. Yeah. So we definitely made, like he coached me for Melbourne one year and I think we made a few errors in it and I learned a bit from it because he was maybe setting paces that are like, we maybe excluded my, like how I was feeling on a run too much and focused too much on achieving paces that we set out for and, and, and we probably went too hard with that. Yeah. and so from there I'm like okay I need to listen to my body more during workouts and if I can't hit this pace that's okay today yeah and maybe I'm not ready for this race yet and these paces are outside what I can do yeah whereas we kind of back then we were like you're going to run this time and in order to run this time you need to do this in run these paces in training mm.
1: And, uh, yeah. and I remember you saying, yeah, you, you've got to train for the, for the fitness level you're at. not the
2: fitness yeah, level you definitely. want to yeah, on
1: race day because you're not there. Like you're eight weeks from there or six weeks from there. Or...
2: Yep. And what I've learned the last three years has been really good because I've been doing these workouts and I can look back at my workouts and go, oh, that's the pace you ran. This is what you ran your marathon at. And then that's the pace you ran for the next program. And that's the marathon you ran. And so this time I came in, I'm like, well I'm pretty confident that if I ran that workout at three fourteens, on the day I can run three twelves, because that's how it's worked the last two times. Yeah. And uh now like I know how it's supposed to feel. It's not supposed to feel like I'm burying myself to hit a ten mile tempo run at that pace. If I'm burying myself, that's not marathon pace. Yeah. If I'm running that comfortably and finishing and like feeling upbeat about it, yeah, maybe that's my marathon pace. Yeah. But just because you can run the workout <laughs> doesn't mean that it's an indication that that's what you can do for forty-two k. It's how you feel running the workout. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So for Oppo
1: four um, tens on the Esplanade at one seventy-five, that's that's not
2: tempo. One se- yeah. <laughs> There's heart rate too, if you, we... Yeah.
1: Oh <laughs> <laughs> all the shoes you want down here, I'll pay. It's, uh, it's not going to get you there.
0: So we, we should lighten the, light the mood on. I'm, I'm going to go to the fridge and uh, get another filter. Oh, yeah. But, um...
1: I might get into his history. Yeah, you get
0: yeah, a yeah, you ask, ask the history. But we should should we go to a listener question? Oh, yeah, jump to we've it. Got, we've yeah. got a listener oh, question. No. It's this is actually, the first? Yeah, yeah. Well, we've got three. So yeah. this is the first one. We put it out there and, uh... It's actually um, from your mate Brady.
3: Oh, bullshit.
0: No, serious. Oh, gosh. So he says, uh, is it true the only reason you race in Berlin is to stay next door to the Kit Kat Club? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The Kit Kat Club... Look, there were
2: good and bad points about the Kit Kat Club. (laughs) (laughs) So the the good point was post-race party. Yeah we got in yeah.
3: But, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and exactly
2: that was a bit more did. difficult than we thought <laughs> yeah. so we stumbled down, we actually stayed like directly next door to the Kit Kat club which is like one of the most famous clubs in Berlin and it's super weird <laughs> it's like a fetish sex club See, it like, sounds like the
0: perfect, perfect <laughs> <place>. <laughs> it's so much fun we've got to go to Berlin
2: yeah, if you go you have to go there but you have to wear some leathers and you have to rock up with ladies that's what we found they're not letting these drunk uh, like right, yeah. blokes in so um, we ended up convincing our girlfriends to come in with us <laughs> which was tough and then when we walked in the, um, the oh, what do you call it the foyer or the, the, the first room they make you pay like a crazy amount of euros to get in and then they said okay it's shirts off so everyone has to take their shirt off and check the shirt. So it's shirtless party. So we go in the bar and then um, there's a big pool in the middle of the club with a swing.
3: No way. <laughs> and there's
2: just lounges around it. And um, we're looking around. There's some weird cats in there. <laughs> Behind the bar, Bree and I take a lounge. It was a little bit... Like she was pretty uncomfortable sitting on the lounge because <laughs> of what may have been on there before. She got pregnant.
3: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And
2: then we look behind the bar, and the bar lady is um, got like a boyfriend just sitting off to the side. And so every in between pouring drinks, she would go outside to her boyfriend, and they would start <laughs> getting it on in front of everybody, and then come back in and serve the next drink. Oh yeah, there was a guy with a. Um, Leather pants, no top, with a uh, big dog snout. Oh, (laughs) yeah. There's some really weird stuff in there. (laughs) Sounds awesome. It's classic Berlin, though. Yeah. I want to go. Yeah, I think you got to run 220 to get in there. I'll buy you <laughs> <laughs> a costume. A big snout there. with some nice ears.
0: I'm there. Get
2: a tail on you. I reckon if we shave up Hattie, he can be my girl. Exactly. But you <laughs> want to oh, be if able to play in, in on a leash. <laughs> they will get you in sure. oh, yeah. You have to be. Cr- but the, the funniest thing was the morning of the race, we got up early because um, you do it, it's a marathon. And we look out the window, and this was a Sunday morning. And so people, what are you,
0: what are you wearing when you look out? <laughs> oh, uh, oh, I think we've we seen that no, Wait, no, there's, seen that there's photo. a photo. There's a photo <laughs> of, of you looking
2: out your window. Was that the morning? That was b Oh, b yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> b I think it, no, no. This was a group environment, so I had some clothes. <laughs> <laughs> but we, I was looking out, and I'm like, oh, what's, it's like seven o'clock, and there's people lining up to get into this club. that's just going nuts. And all the, like, the strange cats coming out.
0: And so they were... You were just watching people
3: coming. Yeah. And we were sitting the there going,
2: we are in a different place right here. Yeah, yeah. And we're getting ready to run a marathon. And, and they're... Some of them are starting their their evening. Yeah. Well, it's the morning. But seven they're just... Five. They're lining up to get in. And some are coming out. And it's like... Oh. And two hours later, the world record gets There's broken. a couple of different... Exactly. There's some different yeah. lives going on right here.
0: It's a, it's a mixed up world we live in. <laughs>
1: Is it? Not everyone's got our addiction. <laughs> no, no,
0: no, no, no. There's, there's Some other, other addiction. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that, that was a good question by Grady. That, that was a good one. Yeah. Well, he
2: didn't make it. He got dragged off. He's, uh, at the time, I think it was his girlfriend. He's now his wife. She wasn't real happy with his um... choices. Yeah. Oh no, he didn't make it in. He was. He, he. Yeah. He he he's a bit obsessed with this podcast, right? So that evening he tried to grab all these people that had come to our party and interview them but he was so blind he couldn't hear the door. I know. Yeah. I
0: know. I remember that's my specialty.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: And he, he's, at the time his girlfriend Carly, she was sitting on the couch while he was trying and she was like not happy so. Yeah.
1: I wouldn't, wouldn't imagine it'd take too many beers to get a
2: 50 kilo <laughs> <Yeah>. Ruble <room laughs> Victoria no, no. Blind. Man. It would be no, it was well, Jägermeister because oh, we're in right. Berlin and um, the, the, uh, it was a fun party like we had who was there Liam Adams was there there was Mitch Brown so two top Australian and Liam had just run his 212 I reckon then. right and so we had a, we had like a massive Australian contingency there it that was, was huge good it was probably like 20 or 30 people partying in this place and everyone was stoked it was one of the funnest nights that
0: sounds awesome mm. I want to go <laughs> I want to go alright I'm going to go I'll go organise the drinks you guys are on the whiskies yeah. All right. I'll get I'll get a filter for myself. I'll get the whiskey. I'll bring the whiskey over. Hey, mate, you can just keep. I'll it in a away. rabbit hole
1: of history. Yeah. Excellent. Yep. So Julian, we have heard a couple of other podcasts. One being a hidden athlete, and um, love to get your backstory. Um, finished school. Laboured for your dad for a bit. Joined the navy for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't didn't like the routine. No. The navy. I, is I loved doing work. Line. Like just getting. Um, Getting advice based purely on seniority it makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> you understand it. Go I heard. was like, just yep, yeah, not not going to suit someone that wants
2: to um, wants to coach himself. Uh, it's a um, it's an odd philosophy, but I guess that's how it is, and it has to work, I suppose. You yeah. know, when you've got that many many people. But um, and how long were in the navy for? A year. Oh, a year. So I went in on like a four-year commitment. Yeah. Um, and I went in as what they call a clearance diver. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, so they're based in Sydney. Yeah, my uncle Perth. was one. Oh, yeah. was he? Well, He hated, you know, yeah. hated
1: it. Did he? hate hated it, yeah. He got fully trained through, finished, and then they had him cleaning ships for a oh, year yeah, or two so they yeah. got placed. And, you know, he was fittest he'd ever been, top of his game, and they just didn't deploy them. And, mm-hmm. you know, so, but same thing, didn't, didn't agree with him, the, um, that level of... <laughs> I don't know, hierarchy.
2: Yeah, it's... I haven't heard of someone not liking it, but we only get taught, like, when the Navy recruits. Mm. <laughs> it's the best life oh, you ever awesome. heard of. Yeah, love the ads. Yeah, yeah. come and join
3: You'll have a blast.
2: But, yeah, I, I did struggle with it. Yeah. And there was one particular physical training session where the clearance divers came down from the... Um, HMAS Penguin, which is where the. it? Narrow? No, it's in um, Sydney. Mm-hmm. It's, I forget where it is exactly, but it's. Um, Balmoral? No, not Balmoral. No. Balmoral. Balmoral that's it. HMAS yep. Penguin, Balmoral. And um, they came down and they're like normally in charge of training clearance divers and they took us for a really hard workout. And so I was fine. Like, I can run all day. Like, I was fine with the running. And But then they put us in the pool. Mm-hmm. And we were... I think the workout or the pool exercise is almost designed to be one of those ones where you go to failure. Yeah. And it was the first time I'd done anything like that. And I just really freaked out. And one it's of... The claustrophobic nature of being it- in the water. Yeah, and having, like... We did it with overalls, right? So you had overalls and we're, what, like we're in a fifty 25-meter 50, pool maybe and you're crossways, so not like lengthways, and you had to do like 10. This was a diving pool, mm-hmm. so you had to go down to the bottom and up and then when you come up, you had to get out and do like a burpee and you did that like 10 times, so you are fully gassed and then you had to swim underneath. To the other side of the pool and get up and do it again and then back down. And then there was no time limit or there was no times they just said, do it. And I was starting to really struggle where I couldn't get across and I had to come up for air a few times and I'm like, har rate right through the roof. And then everyone, like they start, they find the weak one, which at the time was me, and they just start like peppering you, peppering. And because I've done really well on the running. And, and uh, Which was before this, they obviously like, going, oh, this guy's pussy yeah, it's he's gonna cool. come down and yeah. it's <laughs>
3: cool.
2: Yeah. And so then the last bit was after you fully gassed, like, can you imagine doing a set of maybe um, 10, 60 second hill repeats? Okay, you've got to hold your breath as long as you can. And the heart rate's 180, like, oh, no shit. Yeah. I went down, I'm looking around, like, are we going up yet everyone else is like like trying to pull me down I'm like gotta get up and I was fucking spent and and after that I'm like I don't think this is for me Um, and at the same time I like we did some diving that weekend and my ears were fucked like I got this real um, sore ear so I like, to be honest, back then, I probably took that ear thing as, like, I'm going to run with this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is a... Um, so I'm going to get out of jail car. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm going to go with this. And, and, like, I can't be a diver because my... I can't equalise. <laughs> I didn't really... <laughs> Sorry. No. no, it's an impressive noise.
3: Thank
2: you. <laughs> um, That's his ear popping. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> In the end, I um, I got out. And I was, like... The day that I said at the time to, um, like... My family, I said, I am getting out. It was like this relief had just left my shoulders. So I'm like, Oh that's a sign I've made the right yeah. call. Yeah. When I feel really good about it. Yeah. And I'm like, Yeah, let's get the hell out of here and let's start doing what you want to do again. Yeah.
1: As opposed to marking time. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. And just being around like um a bad culture. Yeah. It's like a, it's a little bit it's kinda of like footy culture but without the um Without the, the, the
3: exercise. <laughs> Without the winning of the second yeah. week. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Exactly.
3: yeah, That's a good point. It's that's a good, good.
1: Point. And then you, you got out of there and you decided, right, uni. Going to go to uni.
2: Well, I'd already went to uni straight out. So while I was labouring. And so that's another thing that I'm like, I'll fucking quit uni. i quit the Navy. Let's finish uni. So I ended up finishing an arts degree in um, Indonesian. Yeah. So I, I was, um, had that finished and uh then i went back to uni and i um studied something that i thought would interest me a lot more which was nutrition and food science yeah uh so um had a crack at that at vic uni in um where was that at like werribee western melbourne Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. and is there still works there Oh, I'm yeah, sure, there, there is. is a huge horse stable. Actually, yeah, it smells yeah, yeah, terrible when you
2: drive past station, wherever you're right. Oh, it's yeah, a still- yeah. So, um, yeah, that was. And then I, 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 kind of enjoyed it. Like I came back mature, and I know, I know everyone gives mature age students no? shit <laughs> because they always ask questions. And I, at the time, I'm like, oh, like I'm really like there's some good stuff going on mm-hmm. here. I'm really enjoying it. Um, yeah. So I, I decided to do that, and I was, at this time, living the classic uni lifestyle without any money. Um, so we were li- I was living in St Kilda and doing a bit of... Yeah, no, thanks. Um, anyway, that's that was just classic uni life for a few years. And is that what... Were you doing that degree when, when you
1: are able to roll over Chico State? Yeah, that's State right. right. So I went
2: on to exchange program. So I thought, how am I going to... Like, how am I going to find something different to do? Mm-hmm. And so I went to uni at Chico State. I, I set up an exchange program where the, like my, <laughs> my whole intention was just to run on the track team. Yeah. And uh, I did that. I did six months there, and it was one of the funnest six months I ever had in my
0: life.
2: Why did you, you choose that uni? Oh, they had a good running culture, but also... It was, like, wrote it, voted the number three party school in the USA. <laughs> that,
3: yeah, that was your priority at the time.
2: And I think it's like, a Simpsons episode where... Um, no, it was one... Maybe a family guy or I something. With Chico State's, like, number three party school. That's why we go... Uh, so, it was... And it was a party school. Yeah. And there was great running culture there. They took a lot of Mexican kids, like, because... Um, They got scholarship money for it. The school got money for getting Mexican kids there. Mm -hmm. And these kids were just, like, awesome. They were just such hard workers. And they would never, ever have gone to uni without running. Mm -hmm. So you were with guys, like... I went to a couple of their houses. One of them was a guy from McFarland. And if you ever... you remember that Disney movie about cross-country called McFarland? Where all the Mexican kids... We're on a cross country team, and they were uh, Kevin Costner. Yes, yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. So he was from that town, and um, I went to his house, and I'm like, these, like his mum and dad didn't speak English, and it was super poor, and he would never have ever been able to go to uni without having this little running scholarship that paid for it. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, this is cool because these kids like only run to go to school, and and they. Um, like they care about running, but as soon as run as soon as school stops, yeah. no more running. That's they don't it. give a shit. They go. And, yeah, they've yeah. got their degree. They go yeah. and be a teacher. Normally, it's being a teacher. Really, yeah. Yeah. that's what they do. And they go back to their hometown and they're a teacher.
3: Yeah,
1: and so and so for that even to be a, something you wanted to do, you must have been running reasonably well at that stage. Like you must have been,
2: you know. W- well, you would have see, just seen yourself as a runner at that stage. I saw myself as a runner, but it wasn't like I got picked. To go there on running, no. I set that all up myself. Yeah. Um, I was there for an academic scholarship or just did like an ex- exchange program. Yeah. So I wouldn't have been there without, an ex- like, on my running ability. Yeah, no, no, no. And even yeah. then, I wasted it, and because um, I <laughs> party too much, without a <laughs> doubt. Like I'm in America, I'm an Australian at a school with zero other Australians and there's like 20,000 kids and yeah. I'm like this is the best yeah I'm going to go in the village yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> you could go to it, and it was just like American pie you know yeah, like you, yeah. you would walk into a party and there would be kegs and there would be beer like we're playing beer red um, cups everywhere red cups <laughs> it's beer pong and it's like you go to the dance floor and there's just like a DJ in the corner who's just a local guy and it was crazy. And was there pressure
1: on you to run well on that scholarship or oh, oh, sorry, on the exchange program?
3: Not
2: re- not really. Um, <laughs> some guys were better than others. Yeah. And me, like my coach got it. He got that I was there for Gary. Town. Gary town. Yeah. Um, he's a pretty legendary coach and he's a great guy. Yeah. And he got it. Like he goes, oh, you're here. Like you can have fun. Mm.
3: Yeah.
2: And I could have run faster if I didn't have fun. Mm. Yeah. Is there... Um,
0: I, I'd like to come back to the partying, but is there... Uh... <laughs>
3: Me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't go. You're yeah, too old. Yeah. So... <laughs> this ain't the Kit Kat club. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, so Kit Kat club, that's a possibility. Scholarship forty five too too old. <laughs> I reckon I could talk him into it.
2: All right. You have to go Div three because there's no age groups on that. Yeah, yeah. you can At- redshirt. You can redshirt the first. Time. I'm happy to do that. You, you could, could almost be an <laughs> under twenty cross country athlete for Ethiopia. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'll, I'll, dress, <laughs> yeah. so, I'll dress up. as a mascot. That's fine. So um, what you know? You obviously you did some running with the with the teams over there, mostly mm. track. Yep. Is it? what is there any learnings that you took from that time when you were training over there in in a different environment that you still use today like what what did what were the takeaways
2: well the team environment was amazing so mostly we consider running a individual pursuit and it's uh, well well, we it still is like you can if you're in a 10,000 metre race it's you versus the others but in order to get yourself up for 100 mile weeks um, and slog through sessions and long runs having other people around you like sharing the suffering and waking up at the same time and, and going through exactly the same things you're going through is so much easier to do that and so I had like 20 guys and 20 girls around who were all doing the same thing as me and we're all working towards the same thing and um, we we all held each other accountable. If someone wasn't like, no one said it to me. I was the oldest by a mile and I had a beard, and no one else.
3: <laughs> but uh,
2: there were times when someone might get out of line a little bit, or not put in at training, or do something wrong, or skip a morning workout, and they get called out immediately. Yeah. And there's like the team environment just it makes you want to. um perform so we would go we went to i went to the regional championships which isn't a big deal at all but every time you run there you get points for your team so i was that they put me in the 1500 and the 5k and every place i got higher gave points for the team and we were with the jumpers and the sprinters and the throwers as well and so you just fought for those points, and you're like before the race, we get in a little huddle and we mm. we like pump the each other team, up. The whole
0: athletics team?
2: Oh, at the very practice. start of the day you do, yeah. but then even before the race, there's like three of us or four of us in the race, and we get together and we're like, "Hey, this is like this is Manny's last race for Chico. He's been <laughs> here four or five years, and like let's make sure it's a good one." And um, it was like the adrenaline was. Like, nothing else. Yeah, right. Mm. Yeah. You
0: you put, you're just doing it for the team. Yeah, the gun goes
2: and you see, like, a maroon shirt next to you and you're like, oh, that's, that's Manny. Like, he's going, I'm going. And, and when you, like, I think Desi Linden, I don't know whether you listen to many of her podcasts, but Mm. there's a really cool story last Boston, how she she had Shalane Flanagan who had to go to the bathroom Mm. and she stopped and stayed with her while she went, basically, and helped her get back onto the pack. And the fact that she was working for someone else just made her work that much harder. Mm. If she was working for herself at that time, she felt like she would have just dropped out. But she decided to stay in the race to help Shalane. She ended up winning. Mm. Because that's how much working for someone else helps you. Yeah, and and you just just lift. Yeah, you lift. Yeah, You find something that... Like, you go to a... Or you can find the extra gear if someone's relying on you Mm. rather than yourself it's easy to bail on yourself yeah yeah. and and even though you can't probably replicate that now in your own training and
1: you've moved do you find that do you find a similar vibe of that in this group effect that you get out of training in, in a town like Ballarat which has such a running culture that you know if you're going to meet you know, one of your training partners, whether it be Collis or someone else, but, you know, right, we're going to meet at 6 or late, you're not going to miss that session because, mm. you know, he's relying on you to run every second rep. Or yeah. you to, do you still feel that same effect?
2: Yeah, because I know that everyone else is doing that as well. And I know if I'm not there, like, they're like, oh, why, why wouldn't he be? Mm. <laughs> like, he's the guy who needs to do it the most at the moment. Yeah. Um. There's guys that come along and they're like, might train for the melbourne marathon for eight weeks and then we don't see him again for a while Mm -hmm. but then there's the guys that like are trying to achieve things and have more ambition and um you'll find a lot of those guys they're the ones that show up every saturday night every sunday night it's not so much the morning sessions because they're the fun ones the glory sessions it's the the sunday evenings when everyone's tired and everyone's sore and looking forward to the next day or the next week and it's like they're the ones that you find the team helps the most with. To rock up to a group on a Sunday night is a lot easier than rocking out at five thirty on a Sunday after your long run in the morning by yourself. And I heard you
1: quoted a while ago on one of these, you're you're the fastest ever from that university now 214 oh no no no.
2: someone else's faster right yeah Anthony Costales who was my main training partner when I was there so when you have 20 people on a team like that obviously we have different speeds and I was like partnered with him and he he's he's a gun he's run 213 something yeah yeah But quicker than Tim Thompson, who's just a trial figure. Yeah, quicker than him. Yeah. He went pretty good, though. He's doing all right. He's doing all right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Scott Bowes, though, he was the freak from Chico. Right. Yeah, so he, yeah. Um, he was, like, the fastest ever um, college half-marathoner at the time. Yeah. Right. And yeah. hasn't... No, going, he, so. I think he works for a Running Warehouse, the American side. Okay. And um, he's in Santa Barbara, Uh but he's tried a few times to nail some things, but hasn't... Hasn't got there. No. Nah. Yeah.
0: Speaking of the group effect, <clears throat> we may be a bit hungover in the morning. What's What's the training plan? Are we we mean mm. Collis and Monas down the lake, <laughs> what's the plan? It's Monday Arvo's, actually. It's you missed Arvo. that, yeah. It is, yeah. Missed tomorrow morning? So so we'll have to change our fly. I was thinking
1: hero session, that he was talking about where it's really
2: easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, Monday Arvo's <laughs> is from Monas' house. 450 for 12 and a half K. Yeah. Yep. So, what's the it, pace? Uh, it's pretty slow on a Monday. It's like 445s.
3: Yeah.
0: 12
2: around the lake? No, nah, it's a really weird fucking loop. <laughs> <laughs> it's been honed over years and years. First time I ran it, I'm like, I'm sure there are great trails around here. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Why are we running through alleys and across parks? Because and like, knows. through the back of Aldi, you run through the Aldi car park,
0: I'm like, there are,
2: I, I know there's good trails because I've run on them. Why are we here right now? And now I fucking love that loop. It's like Monday loop.
0: Yeah.
2: So, but what is it? Do yeah. you want
0: to choose it? How I'm how it sure
2: it? that, yeah, well, it's from his house and it's like, if it, it's a slow hour, right? So if you run five minutes a K, it's an hour. We can change our flight, can't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well... There's a lot of injured blokes at the moment. <laughs> the group's being a bit disbanded, but no, it's like at the at the time I'm thinking this is terrible. I'm not doing Mondays here again. And now I look forward to it because it's just it's the ban it like it, it's the
0: banter. Yeah, it's like it's a group effect. Yeah. So how many turn up for that session?
2: Oh, it varies between like maybe three to four. Sometimes there'll be eight at the moment. Yeah. It's it's not a massive group anymore, but um, it's still there. Yeah, it's still there, and the core is still there. Uh, yeah,
0: that's, that's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, made a few little
1: coaching tidbits here. We've, we've gone through here now. Obviously, Wolfie's going to talk later about podcasting and 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 that, and that part of it. But we've talked about your influences now. One of your, your protégés, Ellie, mm. um, she is, is having a, you know, what she ran 226? Um, yep. The same weekend that you ran Beaver. Um, and is, does, when you look at writing a program for someone like that, is it, obviously it's an expression of your philosophy, but is it tailored very specifically to her? I, I know you mentioned that you, you were running a very similar program mm. and, and when she had a little bit of a hiccup in her marathon, you thought, oh shit, this program's... I've this program. And <laughs> it turned out she had a quick toilet stop and got back. Yeah. A great yeah place, you know. That's true. But And is it something that, that you just, you know, that that recipe works and you're going to roll that out across?
2: Well, that's, the, yeah, that could be my limitation as a coach, you know, like not being able to recognize when someone needs quite a different approach mm-hmm. because I have a philosophy that I know like works for me and Ali now and I've like to be honest probably the biggest um, proponent or the biggest example of this working is a guy who ran at Tokyo this year rather than me and now Jared McMullen mm-hmm. and Jared he's like an 80 plus kilo guy yeah and he ran 231 and this is a guy who has no business running 231 this is the guy that you think has got the
1: world record for 80 exactly yeah.
2: and I'm like Okay, so this guy's running 231 on this stuff. This is this for stuff. you, Eddie. This is for you. Yeah, he, I, I, We're doing something right here. Now, there's going to be some people who struggle with this type of training and maybe I won't be the best coach for them. You know, so I'm, I, I struggle with this myself. Like if I get athletes who don't respond to what I'm giving them, like do I give them something different? Or do I suggest they go somewhere else for a coach? Because I am pretty um, set in my mindset, you know. Like, because if you weren't, you'd just be guessing someone else's. Yeah, exactly. I am just like going, "Oh well, try this. Try what this guy does. I'll tell you what to do." Or maybe you go to speak to him because he knows how to do it that way. Mm. And so, I like. I think a coach should be pretty um, firm in their philosophy, but. I, I, what's a good coach I always had this like debate with myself like how much does coaching matter for one mm. is a coach is really doing like how much credit should they get I, I don't think they should get as much credit as they probably do um, and two like does it matter what we give people you know like could I get Ali to run 226 giving her Mona's Mona father? quarters, and heel session. Would she do that? Just a staple. Who knows? Just Maybe she would. Maybe she's on 224. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and, and so there's, there's always dead, yeah. this question mark out there with, are you doing it the best way for you? We yeah. don't know it's the best way for her until she tries something different. And there'll be a time, I'm sure, where she'll plateau and go, hey, it's time to try something different. Yeah. Um, at the moment, it's working. And it's worked for me and it's worked for several others Using this type of program, and it takes someone. There's some. There's some people that hasn't worked for, and one of them's running this weekend at Canberra, and it's going to be really interesting to see how he goes. Because I think if he doesn't run well this weekend, it's probably time that um he he leaves me because I like myself. I'm like, hey, what I'm giving you is not. I know you're more talented than what you're running. I think it could be me that's giving you the wrong training for you. Maybe you should try something different. Sounds like country and western song. It's like a breakup.
1: Song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's
3: sad. It will be a sad day. <laughs> hey.
1: It happened here on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, got, you got dumped.
0: <laughs> so, how formal is is your coaching role? Like, you haven't you haven't really spoken. Like, you've, t- you've talked about having having athletes and, and, and coaching. Mm. But is, is this a business for you? Tell us more about your, your coaching role. How many people do you have? Is, is is it a business? Do you derive an income? from from and are you, you, know, are, are you building the business?
2: Yeah, I charge people money for it because when I didn't, then I would always just forget to write the program. <laughs> yeah. So I charge them money because it keeps me accountable to think about their programs more in depth, yep. basically. Um, and I don't make a lot of money from it. It's a passion project. So I, I don't have time for that. I have time for maybe three to four people per week that I can look after. And that's the absolute max. Yeah. And even then, like someone contacts me and I find it hard to say no, but I'm starting to learn to say, say no. So uh, it's a passion thing. And it, a lot of it comes back to like me just testing out what I think might work and wondering if it does or not. Yeah. And a lot of it as well is me seeing people doing some really dumb shit <laughs> and just like, no, don't do that. Do it this way. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Let me save
1: you just briefly. And yeah. Then, yeah.
2: And I also see some terrible coaching out there mm-hmm. and it, it's like every single person who has got some degree of profile in running automatically starts a coaching business mm-hmm. at the moment. And I'm like, no, this isn't right. Like, you guys don't understand it you're like you're cooking people and if I can just help save a couple <laughs> come under my wing we'll we'll like hopefully it, it might help because
1: yeah. our mate Oppo he was getting coached by Tim Robards wasn't he <laughs> I think he was just doing the Tim Robards high knee <laughs> high knees that's only Mark. fitting <laughs> to surf yeah, high yeah, exactly.
2: yeah that's pity to surf when you do that see, I think it's see. different for other races
0: I'd love to do coaching but I lack like empathy <laughs> So uh, oh, yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't work for me. What does empathy mean? <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> it's, it's, I'm it's actually serious. Yeah. I don't know what that means. It is yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Hey, but the ability to put yourself in someone else's shoes and care about it. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When, oh no. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 yeah.
0: When people make excuses,
2: they just yeah. Coaching's one of the most emotional roller coasters ever. Like, if someone has a bad race, you feel fully responsible for that bad race, and they're so disappointed and upset mm. that they're invested. Like maybe like 16, 18 weeks training for a one race and it goes badly and they're like distraught and you're like, I fucking did this. (laughs) Like, this was like, And and I guess
0: you you feel guilty and, you know, you probably think, you know, they want to blame.
2: Oh, they're going to blame me for sure. Like, what if I did it this way? I think that long run was too far. I didn't do enough speed work, you know. And, And I can go back and go... This guy didn't do enough speed work.
3: <laughs> like, yeah. And, and, yeah.
2: So it's very emotional. Like I, you ride the bumps maybe more than the athlete does. Yeah. Because um, yeah. an example is on the weekend of bwa six foot track was the day before bwa I believe, and I had two yeah. athletes running who didn't have great runs. Right. Mm. And Saturday night, I'm like kind of down, going, "Oh, these guys, like." What went wrong? Both trained really well. Mm. Both hit everything that I gave them. I, I've i got this race all messed up. I haven't, like, I've given them the wrong stuff. I don't think we've prepared them right. Um, and then Saturday, Sunday morning, I'm like, oh, well, Ali's just run the eighth fastest ever or whatever. And I'm like, holy shit, this is the best I'm thing back. ever. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm like, all of a sudden, I'm like, She's just done whatever she's done, what she's wanted, and I'm stoked for her. Mm. And so you ride the bumps; it's a it's a roller coaster. I I don't know how people with like maybe you just get turn the volume down a little bit if you have masses of people and you don't like. But but my athletes, I've like I feel pretty connected to how their races go.
3: Yeah,
2: maybe only because I have a small amount. Yeah, and when you talk about
1: like I know there's this broad term that we all hear about. when you talk about fitness, like what do you mean by running fitness? When you say that person is incredibly fit at this stage. I mean, anyone that's engaged in this sports fit, anyone who's running 80 K a week, hundred K a week's fit. When you talk about marathon fitness, what's that look like? Oh, is it the ability to repeat reps? Is it the ability to,
2: I think it's, it's relative. Yeah. So fitness is always relative to, um, other people and yourself. So how, how, how fit you are compared to what you've been in the past maybe
1: yeah maybe because yeah. you look at someone and say that guy's quick but he's not fit huh. or that guy's you know got a huge aerobic base but you know is it, is it purely volume is it purely mileage is it is that what gets you marathon fit I,
2: it's mainly I, I think mainly volume mm. to be honest yeah. uh, if I was given the choice of of having someone do twelve weeks of high volume versus twelve weeks of quality speed sessions, I, I'd take the volume. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure how to answer that question. Yeah, Sorry. <laughs> That's a tough one. It's okay, he doesn't get out much. <laughs>
0: he's only way for 190. Is that your question? Is this trying <laughs> to... <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: So I, I get, to, you know, you, you hear about this term fitness so much and you think... Fitness. And you'll talk about, you know, when you're talking about Brad, for instance, and you're saying that period there before he got injured and he got into a race, mate, you're fit. Oh, okay, fat. okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, so he's
2: fit. Yeah. Um, so he can do sessions faster and longer... Than he has in the past. Yeah, yeah. So he he can basically be more efficient or more economical with his oxygen use. <laughs> let's let's get sciency with yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, That that's the answer. His VO two max is higher. His okay. lactate threshold is higher. Yeah, and that presents in doing workouts at a faster pace for longer duration. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you
0: go. So you know, like we've worked out that volume equates to better results. Mm. You know, if if you're fitter, we're talking about being fitter. Yeah. If you're fitter, then everything's easier and you can run 5K faster, you run 10K faster, you can run everything faster if you're fitter, but you've got to do more volume to run faster. Yeah. Because it's easier. So what would you recommend if anyone of the listeners wanted to improve their Half marathons or their marathons. What do you think is a good benchmark for a weekly
3: amount of kilometres mm.
0: to to be really running well and to be really fit? Well, there's not going to like there's
2: no one answer for that yeah. question, and yeah. it, it all depends. And that's a, I hate answering with all depends, so I like to provide an example, right? Mm. So if someone's let's let's take a footballer who's 27, they've j- just given up their country footy career and they're coming across and they've, they run three times a week, maybe six 8K runs. But they're running really... They, they, they're those guys, they're going to run them too quick, right? So they might run them really hard, three 8K runs a week and they'll come and they'll ask for advice and uh, I'll say, oh, well, okay, let's slow them down. Let's, get, let's improve your frequency of runs for the week and let's uh, and the, the only way we'll do that is by slowing those runs down. So let's in, improve your frequency and we'll go, okay, we'll run every second day. That might get you up to four days a week. And then the next week we might run, or the next month we might run four or five days a week. But slowing it down reduces the injury risk greatly. And so we have to work out, like, a sustainable pace for them as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's individualized. Exactly.
0: And and it's important to avoid injury as well. So you've got to make sure that... And that's
2: how we avoid injury, though. Like, people don't get how we avoid injury. is not by, like... It's mainly by running too fast. It's not by doing too much. It's mainly, like, not recovering between
0: stresses. The intensity.
2: Yeah. So if you, and and it's not just the like you might run a really hard workout. That's fine. That doesn't get you injured. It's what you do the next day and the day after that that gets you injured. So if you've run a really hard workout and the next day you go out and you're like, oh, I feel good. I'm gonna run this up tempo. And then the day after that, you think, great, I'm ready to go again. Let's do another hill session.
0: It's no recovery. Yeah.
2: It's the recovery that get or the lack of recovery that gets you injured. It's not the intensity. So you have to, like, I, uh, I think it's hard to fit three sessions in a week. Some people love three sessions in a week, but in order to do that, those three sessions have to be a lower stress than maybe what someone would normally do in a workout. Yeah. And so I like two sessions in a week with spanned out recovery because that comes back to my overriding, like, uh, pillar of consistency. Yep. So if you can do two sessions a week with a long run, and that gets you through twelve months of training without an injury, that's so much better than doing three sessions a week and having a niggle every four weeks. Yeah. So.
0: That, yeah. That, so that makes a lot of sense. You just you know you've just got to be sensible. You've got to be conservative. Avoid injury. And volume's more important than intensity.
2: So it it really is for me, and it's linking. I'll say it again: it's linking weeks together. And if you can't like if you can't do if you need to do one workout a week and the rest easy running, linking those weeks will get you fitter than doing two workouts a week, but missing a week every now and then with an injury. Yeah. So find out find out the, basically the maximum you can do to run every single week of the year and and you'll get fitter. Speak to it. Yeah. <laughs> there
0: you go. There you go. Alright, should we lighten the mood? I've got another listener. Yeah, go for I've it. Got, yeah. I've got another listener question. So this one's from Wolfie. Oh, Wolfie. And uh, I don't know if you've heard about I that.
2: have. He lives up the road. Wolfie. Is he? Yeah. Wolfie lives up he the road. you got a Wolfie as well. You've yeah. too. Yeah. He's, his middle name is Wolfgang. And you call him Wolfie?
1: <laughs> yeah, our one's um, more like that character in Teen Wolf that turns into a werewolf after... Uh, A few drinks. Oh, right. yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah>. Anyway, <laughs> <need> another drink. <laughs> so,
0: so Wolfie's, uh, Wolfie's question is: um, I'm thinking about getting some uh, training shirts printed for our running group, Norg. And so Norg is is an acronym for Night Owl Running Group. That's what okay. the Norg stands started for. Started as, as a night running group again yeah.
1: to avoid Norg. our wives. Yeah, on yeah. Thursday night. It's a drinking club. <laughs> it doesn't with, roll off the tongue. no. Nah, nah. nah. it's a drink,
0: drinking club with a running problem. And uh, and so he wants to know. He wants he wants the Norg shirts and he wants a, mo- a motto underneath. And so oh, a, yeah. at the moment he's thinking, run fast or fuck off. <laughs> Direct? Do you like that? Not bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although, it doesn't suit what we just talked about. Nah, it no, suit. no, no. But it is, is you know. Doesn't nothing make sense? So. Yeah, yeah. Was well, your other yeah. one volumes for radios? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, can you think? Can you think of any other mottos that might be more suitable? Well, or? have you heard of a bloke called Rod Dixon? No. Oh, well,
2: Rod Dixon oh, ran yeah. for New Zealand, right? Mm. And um, one of his quotes was. All I want to do is drink beer and train like an animal. You've heard of this guy? (laughs) Fantastic quote. Yeah. Yeah. How good is that? As if that's not what we all want to
3: do. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I want his number. Yeah. <laughs> you want his P B. That's a I, <laughs> I reckon you get that on Yeah, <laughs> all of it. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. That's good. Sounds like it suits your group too. Yeah, yeah, yeah it does. Perfect.
1: That's good. It does. We haven't we haven't had a big scalp yet.
2: Yeah.
0: So um look we, we need to um, we need to explain some running terms because I told you that our, our listeners aren't quite at the uh, at the elite level mm. and uh, you Neither know, are ours though. <laughs> Well, well, you know, yeah. actually,
1: we're, we're their listeners as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I think well, that's being clear. I think I explained to you that a lot of ours don't even run, so <laughs> we need to, we need to explain yeah. some terms.
1: One of ours nearly died on six foot. Oh yeah, yeah true yeah. story. Oh. Yeah, 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 We'll tell you yeah, yeah, that yeah, after. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he sort of trained on six beers a week and not much oh. running, and ended up in intensive care for about three weeks. Hey, Jez. All been started Hello, shouting. you. Shout out to Jez. Glad you're still with us. <laughs> and uh, so, anyway, we should explain these terms. Uh, so, one of them strides. What's what's a oh. stride? Can you explain what a stride? This is, is a real question. Yeah, yeah, judge, you know, you joking. Judge. No, no, no. no. Well, this was,
1: is, we think we know what a strides, but but Judgy. Thought he did one the other night, but wasn't sure. <laughs>
2: <laughs> a stride judge. is a, well, how I describe a stride is a short sprint, uh, normally done like as a warm-up or after a run. The idea is to run at a faster pace than what your jog was um, for neuromuscular conditioning. So it's basically teaching your body, body's pathways to run fast um, for when you need it. But the good thing about strides is it doesn't stress you, so you can do them without having to recover from them. Just really short, eighty meters, eight times after a run, walk back recovery. The idea is you're not accumulating lactic, you're not like, um, they're not like plyometric type exercises. They're not that hard, but you are turning the legs over at a quick rate yeah yeah so I that's th- a stride i think you might have done one judge i think yeah. that sounds a lot like what you did one rep <laughs> yeah. on know. Yeah. well done yeah. well and then they're, they're probably the most underrated thing like i always schedule strides in a program i don't know how many of my athletes do them or just go Meh. <laughs> <Get on laughs> <them>. finish jump in <laughs> the car but if you're in a marathon training strides are super important because you're not getting a lot of speed work in So in order to keep those sort of fast twitch muscles firing, strides can do it without a risk. So you can do it at the end of an easy run. Just allow yourself five minutes and do six strides and you'll feel so much better.
0: So how often would you bang out some strides?
2: Well, I don't do it anywhere near as much as I should, but I schedule them in like two easy runs a week. Plus you should do them before your speed workouts, and potentially even before you're on thresholds as well. Yeah, right. So maybe you're doing strides four times a week.
0: Yeah, yeah. okay, good. Yeah. Brilliant. So that's uh, that's good. So now you can explain what a threshold... Well, this you know, one's for OPPO, that, I think. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. So What's the difference between my thresholds? It's, there. it's legit. I'm not making it up. It's on the list. So it thresholds. Strides, says threshold strides well. thresholds.
2: Well, a threshold is like it's a scientific term, I guess, to describe... Um, basically when your body starts to accumulate more lactic lactic than you can clear so if you're accumulating lactic acid at a rate that you cannot clear you'll eventually your heart rate will increase your breathing will be breathing will be more labored and you'll slow down your body basically forces you to slow down and so that point when that happens that's your threshold
0: so threshold pace is slightly faster than race pace. Well, it depends
2: what race distance it is. So normally threshold pace, normally you can run at threshold pace for an hour. That's your max, yep. and that's if you're really tested. So some examples of workouts like for threshold pace that I give are like, well, I build like a progressive from four by six minutes at threshold pace, two minutes jog. Three by seven minutes, four by seven minutes, four by eight minutes, 20 minutes straight, um, three by 10 minutes. They're all, and then you can play around with like being underneath it. So you can do a K above threshold and then you float with a K below threshold and then you play around that line. Yeah. So it's basically like if you're spending a lot of time around the, the threshold pace, your body becomes more efficient at clearing lactic. Yeah. And so your threshold goes higher. Yeah. So you can perform. Or when you get come to race day, you can run without as much build up, which obviously is so, yeah, you can go
0: faster for longer. You're trying to increase your lactic acid threshold, yeah. To improve
3: yeah, well, your it's
2: like an aerobic threshold and anaerobic threshold. There's a few different thresholds, but basically the one runners need to worry about is the one where if they can run for about
0: an hour at. Okay, yeah. so a, th- a threshold, a good threshold run, sixty minutes. No, that's like maximum if you wanted to race you could do that
2: but threshold workout should be like normally around 20 to 30 minutes worth of work cool yeah
0: all right what's a tempo run
2: uh this has multiple meanings (laughs) so a tempo run like for me is around marathon pace so if i do 16k tempo That'll be around marathon pace, which yes. will be slower than threshold pace.
0: Right. Yeah. So race pace for whatever you're training for? Uh,
2: that will not be tempo run. Because if you're training at a 5K, if you're training for a 5K, race pace is obviously really fast. Yeah. And the maximum you could probably do in training is like 2K repeats. Yeah. So I wouldn't call that tempo. I'd right. say that's like, and that's pretty anaerobic. Yeah. yeah.
0: So tempo runs longer, isn't it? Than a threshold, yeah, probably, headline, yeah. Intensity. yeah. Like I do,
2: like a tempo run for me is about 16k or 50 to 60 minutes. Sometimes I do a, a long tempo, where that's about 95% of my marathon pace, and so that might be 30k at 95% marathon pace, and I call that tempo. Yeah, there's no definition. It's just everyone can use that term how they want.
1: It. Yeah, All right. yeah.
0: Good.
1: Yeah. I've just actually got got a listener question that's come through. Yeah, far away yeah, um, <clears throat> it's from Troy. Uh, Troy's brother Brad actually, and Troy. um, <laughs> Troy's a good runner, and his brother Brad's not. Um, <laughs> Brad's a lot. Yeah, Brad. Brad's heavy sweater. Um, Brad's question is: If I'm doing my two k reps at four fifteen pace, and I am running my recoveries at six minute pace, can I still call it a float?
2: Mm, nah, I don't think so. I think that's outside float. I think that goes back to job. Excellent. Good,
0: yeah. good. There you go,
2: Brad. Good to clarify. <laughs> While
0: what, what we're talking about Brad, he, he asked me to listen to the question as well. He also the,
1: asked for a job too. Yeah.
0: He wants, at the he wants a job at the running company. <laughs> 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 Any jobs. Cronulla. Oh. Cronulla.
1: <laughs> He'll move. He'll move.
2: So where is it? Kira
1: Oh, no, we've got Kirui. Kirui?
2: Yeah, we got, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we got yeah, yeah, yeah. Todd Yeah, Todd, yep. Yeah. Probably do a better
0: job than Toto. we like. like a bit of... <laughs> <laughs> uh, like a bit of sledging <laughs> So, um... <laughs> So, uh, Brad's listener question, and I actually it's, it's actually here. It is real. Yep. Yeah, yeah. What shoe do you think is the hardest wearing and has the hardest tread and therefore <laughs> won't wear out? Oh, cool. We don't sell them. They're not good for business. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's cool. all you
3: need to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: oh. moving, so moving right along. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: You'll
1: never work in a shoe store. Stick to those Ramirez, <laughs> yeah. mate. Joke yeah, 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 yeah. that. Yeah. I don't want to know
0: in your shoe store you fool <laughs> no,
2: doesn't exist yeah yeah no. nah, or, is that serious do you want me to answer no okay.
1: <laughs> oh right, no. it is a serious question yeah though. yeah but he do does you, burn through a pair of Amuro's yeah, in yeah. three weeks what the new ones um I don't know oh, cool. well he, he
0: he did take off his shoe and just show, show me that he wears sort of the, yeah. the out. he just wears it through his shoes pretty on quick on the outside of the yeah, shoe yeah yeah. It, yeah yeah it um, could yeah okay so I don't know if you can you can you mention brands that are better wearing than others. Oh well, it's not so much
2: brands; it's like
0: models,
2: and also it's specific areas of shoes that, like that suit someone's mechanics. So, what about a
0: neutral shoe? What's what's a good what's a long wearing neutral shoe?
2: There's plenty. Yeah, yeah, there's plenty. I could name several from every brand.
0: Name three, like just not from each brand. Uh, just say uh, what, what, Brooks what is, Ghost.
2: Yep. New Balance, 1080, Nike Vomero. Nike Vimero is a long-wearing shoe. Let's sock Triumph. triumph. I'll go on. Like, this is
0: yeah, solid, no, no, no. That's but I nice.
2: th- think it's more the fact that Brad's a heavy
1: sweater and that shoe is laden with sweat from the...
0: Yeah. Does he
2: run like real bow, like on the outside of his legs, you know? On the outside of his... shoe. his brother runs, because he doesn't run anywhere near... I try not to
1: watch. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> I close
2: my eyes when he starts running. That's ah, some good... Yeah, anyway, those most like the quality of shoes these days is high and every brand produces really good shoes they wouldn't survive if they didn't mm. yeah. yeah so you've just got to find like say you wear really heavy on the outside corner of the heel you're to find a shoe that's got a bit more rubber back there mm. Mm. or if you wear like the forefoot um if you're a real scuffer like get some rubber it's just look at the shoe and go Hey, this is exposed foam. This ain't going to last. Or this has some nice
1: thick hmm. outer sole. I think the answer is you just get on a plane down to Melbourne, hire a car from Atlas and just come to Ballarat and oh, no. get fitted You, fit you up. made
2: Oppie sends us emails.
1: We <laughs> can do emails. <laughs> <Yes. Okay.
0: laughs> he's,
1: a different, he's a different connection. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about him later.
0: All right, let's, com- let's go through. Our, we've got to finish up our list of, uh, what's a session? Can you explain? A oh, uh, session like, is more like not an easy run. So normally
2: a session relates to something where you would do a a harder effort in, whether it's a tempo run, could be a tempo run, could be hill repeats, could be an interval session, could be a harder long run, could be a marathon pace
0: workout. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. so you mentioned yeah so you mentioned earlier you know some people like doing three sessions but you know if you're trying to get mm. faster you probably want to do two sessions yeah. a week
2: basically it's like an, an, a, a higher stress state on the body yep
0: yeah. yep yeah. perfect just getting used to race race pace um, and getting gains from that well not
2: necessarily because you might be training for a marathon and, and you might do like 400 repeats at 5k pace so really it's not a it's not a pace thing it's a stress thing yeah so yeah getting uncomfortable with uh, him yeah it's just uncomfortable. stress in different ways so <laughs> we're stressing different it, your body works has different systems that it sort of works in at different paces and if you should work each system you shouldn't just concentrate on one only Like you could work on just purely, probably if you had to pick one, it would be the aerobic system, right? For the marathon, I guess. But then, I mean, if you're, you might get bored doing that. So then you could do a, um, like a a VO2 max session where you do like 60 second hill repeats where you're really sort of busting along. And then you could do a a tempo run or a threshold run. So you work different systems and it all works into the, the one big fitness model. Great way to put it, the one B fitness
3: model. Yeah. yeah. All
0: right, so we're getting we're getting towards the end. I um I mentioned to you this is only our twenty uh, fourth podcast. Any tips going forward? Like you you guys are the um you the you know you guys have got a lot of experience doing podcasts, and so how do how any tips for us like going forward and growing growing our business, growing the podcast? What do, what what do you think mm-hmm. you need to do well?
2: Yeah. See, this is like you say we've been doing it for a while, but we feel like rookies <laughs> because I still don't know how or why people want to listen to us. Yeah. <laughs> and you probably feel the same. You're like, why? Why? Why are people listening to this? What, is they, what are they doing with their
0: lives? <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah.
2: And and so. I, you know a good person to ask would be Brady because that guy drives our podcast.
0: Yeah. He's, right. he Did he organise you guys? Did he get you started? Yeah. I feel like he's, he, he's, done. Driving, he's driving the train.
2: So Brady had the idea for the podcast. Um, he joined us up. He had a podcast called Tell Me Your Tales where he spoke to different people and basically spent like 90 minutes hearing their story. And then... We all start, him, myself, and Brad all started training for Berlin in 2017. And he, Brady had this great idea to go, let's make a podcast where we talk about our training. And I think at the time I said, why would we do that? <laughs> said, that sounds stupid. And then we just started talking. And, and this was like, there was no running news, there was no interviews, there was no. Um, listener questions this was purely I would speak about my running week he would do his, Brad would do his and that would be it and we just got this listener base build up and so we had all these people following us, people doing Berlin like athletes in Australia who were training for marathons and people we knew obviously and, and then Berlin finished and it was a couple of weeks later and Brady goes we got to." we are going to keep these people engaged. Everyone's asking for more. Mm. And so we decided to start a, a like a regular thing, a regular podcast. And um, I don't know. I don't have any tips. I don't do any <laughs> creative
3: work.
2: Ask Brady. So, your, your tip is to ask Brady? I think the best tip would be to get people that... Have a cool story to tell. Yeah. So I, I always think like find people, like when I interview someone on the podcast, I want to find someone who I'm actually interested in mm. hearing
0: about. Get their story. I
2: don't want to find the latest bloody fad runner or the guy who just won the latest race. I want to hear people's stories who I would spend an hour on my run listening to. Yeah. And I think if you can get enough of those people, people will just start tuning in. Yeah, yeah. Just because... it make it interesting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, I think we've... I, I, th- I think we've done a p- pretty good job finding stories um, that, like, contribute to other people's running. Yeah. I, I know I've taken a lot from the story, so... Um, yeah, just... <laughs> I don't do anything for the podcast. I just say focus on finding other people that will help your podcast uh, because there's only so much shit that we can talk. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you need to bring in new shit talkers. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Like you that's, guys have to. That's a really good point. So, if any listeners out there have anyone else that they think would want to share their story, send us a message. And uh, we've had a few people reach out, and and, and we we have uh, done interviews with them so if anyone else has has anyone that they think we can share their story that, yeah. that's a good opportunity so thanks for reminding us about that it's yeah, yeah. It's, and
2: people like people get, I get inspired I still go back to some podcasts and listen to it and go oh, this was a fantastic one like I, like I was telling you before I go through the marathon talk podcast and I don't really love the actual well I don't love it at all I don't listen to it I just skip straight through Marathon Talk, I look at the guest names and I go, I'm going to listen to Paula Radcliffe today. Or I'm going to listen to, uh, there's a lot of Australians that have been on there, like Marty Dent, Benita Willis. I, I, I'm going to listen to them. Yeah. And that's what, like, when I run, I'm like, oh, this is cool. I'm like hearing from the greats. I'm like straight from their mouths. Mm-hmm. This isn't tweaked by a journalist or put in someone else's words. This is like them telling it how it is. Yeah. And one, and that's 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 how I, that's how you learn yeah, mm. yeah yeah
0: yeah absolutely okay so the moose <laughs> <laughs> you're not getting it
2: you're not getting nah, it nah you're not
0: you haven't <laughs> given me enough whiskeys. I should have filled my glass a few more
3: times I kept
0: trying <laughs> alright well mate awesome thank you very much for your time it was great chatting to you Hame, hey, thanks for turning up
1: that was great being down here. Yeah. yeah it's been it was, fantastic.
0: Well, you ran on Mona's track today, did. right? Yeah, ran yeah, on mani- did. yeah, I reckon we might be back down there tomorrow. Yeah. I reckon. That How way. far you got tomorrow?
3: Well... It's just holiday cases, isn't it? Yeah, we just, yeah. it's Monday. We're
0: yeah. Just, we'll just, you didn't do a long
2: run on Sunday, so... No, no we're, we're going to make up for it. We're, yeah. we're still in that little post 6 foot slash yeah.
1: marathon blues, that yeah, yeah, hasn't yeah. passed yet.
0: Yeah. What's up next, then? Well... You're doing UTA. You're oh, doing a long run. Right? UTA, UTA,
2: in like six weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll get your 80k <laughs> around there. <that tomorrow. laughs>
0: want
1: to get a Canadian forest. us? <laughs> um, yeah, so that'll be. Yeah, I've got to get my head around that, but at this stage, yeah, I'm just just loving, uh Yeah, a day off work. It'll Be nice.
0: There's a really good race coming up, Surf Coast Century. I recommend that in September. Are
2: you trying to get a free entry?
0: Um, Oh, technically, <laughs> I'm an ambassador.
2: You know, I was an ambassador once. Oh, yeah? <laughs> 2012, the very first event. Did for... you do it? Surf Coast Century. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Sam. Sam, he hooked me up with an ambassador. Yeah, no, I didn't do it. Why
0: is this Sam that we met up? Yeah, UTA. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Sam's
2: from the Ang- scene yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
0: uh, yeah, yeah. So, September, have a look at it. Surf Coast Century. You can do 50K, you can do 100K. And you can do teens of the 100, mm. so 250s, but a great course, eh? You can do 425s. You can do 425s. So get, yeah, great course, eh? Oh, amazing so.
2: course. That is a runner's course. Yeah. If you're gonna do your debut
0: 100, I would do it there. All right, beautiful. All Flat right. track bullies. Flat track bullies. All right, <laughs> let's sign <laughs> out, and as soon as I stop this, we're gonna hear the story of the moose. off
3: oh, <laughs> record. All right, over
0: and out. See you guys fail fail ever fail fail fail, fail. 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 fail.